Welcome to the latest episode of the Big Sky Boneheads podcast. Thank you for taking some time. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to this mess anywhere you got it. And if you find that there's a platform that doesn't have the podcast, well, then let us know and we will try to get it updated. My name is Michael Gray. Scott Hershey is here with me as well as our guest this week, professionally trained chef, barbecue expert, traveler of the United States, Eric Sunquist. He's got a ton to say about his adventures as he's made his way around the world. And now how he's trying to bring pork to the people of Montana. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Um, well, I'm, we're great because no guest has ever come in and made the studio smell like this. Um, <laughs> I guess this that's is, a good thing. Yeah. No, it's right, wonderful. Right, right. Smells like barbecue in here. Um, <laughs> Eric, wherever Eric goes, uh, pork is there. And so uh, I was already all over that. He's is that pig, a fat joke? He's a pig fairy. <laughs> um, spreading barbecue around. No, man, this is a conversation that I, I've, we've been talking about having for some time on this show because you're here in Montana, but you're a dude with some culinary proven bona fide culinary chops who chose to make this place your home when you've been around the country and you've done a lot of things in a lot of places and you know that to me is a as an armchair barbecue guy um you know this, it's what i do when i have the time you know at home if i can if i can get a whole day where nobody's gonna bug me i fire up the smoker um and so the fact that you've chosen small town montana as a home when you've been some places is really really interesting and i guess we start there like some of the places because when I met you and I got to know you through uh, food, you're like, NASCAR came up. And I'm like, all right, now that's a swerve I didn't see coming. Right, right. Um, a little play on words there. Yeah, well, swerve. talk to me about that. Uh, how do you end up being a barbecue guy from NASCAR? So I, uh, you know, I, I, I guess when in high school, I didn't even think about being a cook. Like there was nothing, there was nothing about being a chef that. That's all I did in high school was cook. Well, I, I cooked. I cooked a lot. Cooked, you know, Helen's is my grandma. Right. Uh, you know, she, so we cooked a lot growing up and stuff. I just wasn't a career that I thought of. Um, so then, you know, I just, I realized that I was good at it. Um, I was starting to, you know, I started at Bennigan's. I, I went, my first job was at Taco Bell. Uh, can I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I can sure. say that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So Taco Bell was my first job. I swore I'd never work in food service ever again. Um, not very smart. I'll so see I, your Taco Bell and raise you roasting turkey legs at a Renaissance festival. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first job in food when I was 14. Um, my Taco Bell uniform was probably not as cool, <laughs> I got to be honest. You uh, didn't have to fake a British accent. I, I, that's true. That's true. I did not. I did not have to fake anything uh, there. But my uniform was definitely the 90s uniform that was, uh, you know, the, the horrible polo shirt that looks – I think it's on cups now. I think they put it on cups and yeah. make fun of it on – on 90s memes now so that's kind of i spent a good chunk of the 90s at taco bell yeah yeah unfortunately i did too and (laughs) and and it never went away um yeah so uh you know i went from there to uh and then then i was at bennigan's way back in the day kind of learned some stuff there went to culinary school in charleston from bennigan's so you did Um, you did do the culinary school then i did i did i've only worked for one honest chef like a like a real one with a degree on the wall like a dentist yeah you know from the culinary institute of america which is called the cia and they i wish they wouldn't do that (laughs) um yeah yeah i went to johnson wales in charleston Um, okay so it was big football rivalry there with uh, cia yeah 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 big yeah lots of football (laughs) lots lots of sports there at the old uh johnson and wales um yeah it was uh it, it definitely when I went down there to Charleston, I I was in my probably early twenties, so the people I was in class with were a lot younger than me. They were eighteen year olds that mom and dad didn't know what to do with them, so they just kind of right. sent them to culinary school because they thought it would be kind of mm, easy to do. Batter the army, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so you know, um, so it was weird. I, I got a job um, working at a fine dining restaurant, and I, I kind of worked myself up to be pastry chef before i was even done with culinary school at that restaurant so um which you know we the the group that i worked with um our kitchen they were super intense when it came to food like we were we were a fine dining restaurant in charleston which is now the diamond of of the south when it comes to any kind of culinary prowess i Mm -hmm. guess um so uh so yeah well you know from there um you know i i spent i was there till 2000 uh, then I went home, opened my own restaurant. Uh, me and my mom actually opened a restaurant together. Um, a few like, few years later, we we closed the restaurant. She she'd gotten sick. She um, had cancer, so we closed the restaurant. Take care of her. And then from there, I uh, I got a job at Bristol Motor Speedway um, for uh, Levy Restaurants, which at the time they were the the food service provider for all the Bruton Smith tracks. So 
Bristol being huge at home. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, I remember yeah. going there and watching Daryl Waltrip and all those guys. That yeah. was, the, that was yeah. the toughest ticket to get. Oh yeah, it in was NASCAR. insane. And, yep. and I was there early two thousands when I mean they were they were they were five years uh, sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I remember going there when I was a kid and just sitting on the grass up in turn three and four. You know, watching qualifying or going to a race or whatever. Um, which you know now is it, it's crazy to see the difference between that and the now. stadium now. Oh, it's a huge it's coliseum. It's yeah. the coliseum. Yeah, it is the coliseum. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's the last coliseum, right? So, um, so yeah, when I started there, um, my first my introduction to and I started there as a sous chef. Um, my introduction to that was 2,500 hamburgers um, <laughs> on a grill that first day, and I was I was one of like three or four guys doing that. Um, that was crazy. Uh, as I was flipping burgers, there was a guy loading burgers, you know? So it was. That's it was, every kitchen is a trial hey, by fire. If you've oh, never, it was wild. If you've yeah. never worked in that kitchen environment, I don't care what kitchen you're in, if you're a line cook or anywhere near, like, it is the most insane pace. Oh, it when is. that rush hits and everybody just stops talking to each other except to cuss each other out from bumping into one another. Yep. And, and I've never worked on that kind of volume, obviously. Um, well, as a guy that grew up in racing, a racetrack burger is high level. I mean, you have a standard. <laughs> racetrack burgers yeah. are the best, right? They are. They're yeah. greasy. They're. I mean, they're. You know, they're great. It's yeah. a good greasy burger. Um, yeah. So that you know, I had never worked in that much volume either. Um, so that was kind of a you know, that, my first race, I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. Um, at the time, we had 180 suites. Um, so that you know, you you feed everybody in a sweets package and in, in the suites. Um, there was also outside the track. So you feed, um, driver's compounds and like both driver's compounds and ESPN and all those guys, anything that's outside the track, you do that mm-hmm. as well, which my second year I took that over. So I was, I was in charge of outside. So you weren't doing burgers anymore. I was not doing burgers. I was still doing burgers. What are they eating in the, what are they eating uh, for the drivers in this case? You know, what's funny is sponsors. If it's a food sponsor, you, you obviously have to cook. Oh, that, that okay. product, right? whatever that is. Yeah, that's their. So Kurt Busch is just eating, or uh, Kyle's uh, just eating M and M's. M and M's, just straight that's up M and M's. I'm grilling M and M's all day, making kebabs with M and M's. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, no, it, it you know it was wild. I I want to say, um, God, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was sponsored by um, Hamburger Helper one year, right? So their entire team, everything had to have Hamburger Helper. Well. When you're doing outside catering for NASCAR, (laughs) I had a grill. This is why I went to school. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, (laughs) I I know. I'm like, uh, all right, well, cool. Thanks. Um, But, you know, I I had a grill. I had an outdoor grill, a concession stand that we would cook out of as me and eight other people. And then I had an oven truck and a fryer truck. And and that was how we cooked for outside catering. So I'm out there on a grill with a big army pan making – hamburger helper you know i i think i made like 300 pounds of hamburger helper on this thing and uh people would just be walk by and be like hey what well, that smells great what is it and i was like oh man it's hamburger <laughs> and i mean i love it you know i, I grew up with it but I yeah who doesn't I don't, I don't think i've eaten it since i gotta be honest no, but i'll tell you what if somebody slops out a bowl of that stuff right now it's still Absolutely. good yes yes it's please still good yes i mean it's, it's crazy so yeah i mean that was uh <laughs> that was pretty wild um, to see, you know, just the, the sponsorship part of it was what blew my mind. Like um, one year there was a meeting, Jeff Gordon was having a meeting and, you know, he's sponsored by Pepsi. So that at in Tennessee, Aquafina um, and Dasani, Aquafina was the Pepsi mm-hmm. water. So one of our people had put out a bunch of Dasani. So, you know, all of a sudden the people come in, they lose their minds. We have to right. go get Aquafina bring it in so that like learning about all that stuff was crazy yeah there's uh, lines you can't cross yeah yeah and that was one of them apparently yep. your yeah your water is definitely got to be don't hang a chevy banner at the ford yeah, show exactly yeah right. yeah my don't... family had race cars once sponsored by lucky lager and it was it was hell <laughs> <laughs> not a good beer <laughs> they had to drink it all the time yeah right oh yep. oh god that's terrible <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah so that was you know it was crazy um and just just to to have access to the like the the backside of of nascar and, and to go down right. to the you know to watch a, a race in turn three in bristol um where you look up to watch the cars go by mm. um it was it was crazy you know i mean uh, so we did we did bristol we did charlotte we did atlanta um just the bruton smith tracks at the time you know so um which i believe they have actually gotten the contract for all of nascar now so oh, wow. um, yeah. yeah so i still have some friends that work for them and um 
Yeah, just in, in meeting the drivers. You know, we would do the driver's compound. Um, so that's a mixed bag. It is. It's always a mixed bag. It is. There are um, some really cool NASCAR drivers, really, really cool, and then there are some buttholes. There are. There are. Uh, we've already. <laughs> I like those guys better, actually. <laughs> we've already mentioned one They're of the buttholes fun. today. Um, but, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it was crazy The how – yeah, the, it was a mixed bag. The buttholes are usually the best drivers, by the way. They 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 are. No, that's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like that in radio too. The, the really successful boys. radio guys, Tony they're Stewart, always complete yeah. jerks. Right, right. right? <laughs> nice guys finish last. Yeah. Now, uh, okay. Now, I'm glad you told that story because that lays the foundation. You come from the south. Yep. You work your way up through through NASCAR, doing this crazy job on volume. You've got all of these experiences and all of this access, and then you end up in. East Helena, Montana, <laughs> by choice. You weren't sentenced yeah. to this. Like this wasn't like you drew a short straw, broke a chain letter. Yeah, you chose to live here. How? How's how? that? Yeah. How's that decision work? I mean, how do you even find Montana when you're working in Bristol? Well, so uh, you know, from Bristol, I went on to uh, you know, I was I, I moved on from Bristol because we were we were traveling a lot. You know, it was it was a lot of travel um, at the time. My my mom was still alive at the time, so. I, I couldn't travel as much um, towards the end there when she was getting a little sicker. So um, so I have a friend of mine um, named Jean-Claude Ceruga. He's a French master chef. That's made up. I, it is. It is the most made-up name ever. Um, that just sounds like make-believe. Right. And he is— uh, <laughs> That's a Disney villain from a Pixar film. <laughs> he looks like a Disney villain. <laughs> hey, look him up. He's definitely a Disney villain. Um, he uh, So he's a French master chef living in Johnson City, Tennessee, working at a convention center. Um weird right craziest yeah. thing so so i had met him a few years ago just the stares from the locals has got to be great every right. time he says anything right oh yeah huh it, he would call me on the phone i couldn't hey gene claude get yeah. over here gene claude was his name like it was, yeah. hey where's that gene claude at um yeah Son, and, what did you say <laughs> who what's it scarugas what's his name i don't know um no it, it was crazy and uh and he called me um out of the blue one day i had known him from a few competitions like we had done locally and and i gotta be honest one of them i i beat him um just as long as he doesn't listen to this he'll be we'll be all right um so uh he called me out of the blue and he was like hey oh my uh you know and he, and he just he did his speech into the phone i couldn't understand a word he said i just said yes i was like sure I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Well, I went over there. He's just Sasha Baron Cohen from <laughs> Talladega Nights. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Bobby. Uh. I actually, I had a chef jacket that said Ricky Bobby on it. So, um, yeah. Um, just because that movie Thank did you, come Ricky out. Bobby. That, that movie came out during the time I was working for NASCAR. So, um, no, it was, uh, so I went over there and I was like, hey, man, what I say yes to? And he was like, oh, and I can understand him in person because I could like look at him and right. see what he's saying. And he was like, oh, you're going to be my sous chef. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, you don't say no to a French master chef when they say, hey, do you want to be their sous chef? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. Um, So I was like, yeah, man, that's amazing. So I I went to work for him. um, And that was that was crazy. Um, It was still a um, it was a convention center. So we did big food, but we did small food, small events and stuff like that. And to watch this man that had forgotten more about cooking than I will ever know. Uh, it was incredible. Like he's, you know, he's still one of my best friends in the world, still just a, a huge mentor for me. Um, so, so from there, um, you know, I, I started kind of looking outside of Tennessee. I was like, you know, let, I, I want to see what else I can do out there that's cooking related, but I don't know, somewhere else, you know, somewhere I mean, where yeah. I, somewhere don't, different, somewhere I don't sweat through my clothes <laughs> on my walk <laughs> yeah, to the exactly. car. Exactly. Yes. I, I do not miss that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I get, I, I get pretty homesick, but then I think, well, it's, uh, it's about four feet from the sun right now. Right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I started looking kind of to see, you know, what else was out there and, uh, I found and I, and I promise I'm getting there, um, with this story, but, uh, they were Sodexo at the time, you know, that's who I worked for with him. Um, they were hiring offshore for uh, a position called a camp boss. So in that position, you are, you're basically in charge of all the food service and then like the housekeeping and stuff like that offshore on an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that sounds cool. Sounds pretty fun. You know, I get to fly in a helicopter to work. I'm there for 14 days on 14 days off. Uh, so I, I went out there. I did that. So I transferred. I went out there and did it. And it was it was amazing. Well, my roommate was the medic 
and he lived in Anaconda for 15 years. And so the more we got to know each other, he was like, hey, man, you'd really like Montana because you don't seem to like people very much. And I, I was like, <laughs> There's less of them. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute. Come on, yeah, man. See, he, this place speaks to a certain kind <laughs> yeah. of people. Yeah. We yeah. can smell our own. Right, right. Yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, I think you'd like it. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I, I would love to go out there because at the time I'd never – I had traveled with my dad. We went and saw all the different baseball stadiums in the country except for five before I lost him. And um you know, so we, we just hadn't been to Montana. Um, you know, we'd been to Seattle and all that stuff. And um, so I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to go out there and check it out. Well, randomly, I got an email that was like, hey, you know, Carroll College is hiring a chef. Um, you can check it out. So I applied and, and I got a free trip out to Montana. I got a free trip to Helena um, for three days. So uh, we landed at the airport and I was just like, yeah, this is cool. I like it. Um, I didn't realize that. It was a desert um, in more ways than right. one. Yeah. No, uh, it's a semi-arid desert. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People lose sight of that. Yeah, didn't didn't think about that. I was too busy looking up at, at everything else. It was gorgeous and beautiful. What time of the year were you here? So I flew in in February. Um, oh, which, wow. Which is funny, though, because we had about a foot of snow on the ground in Tennessee, and I get here, and it's like 55 degrees outside. And I was like, wait. For a day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The two days, three days <laughs> the day I was you here. you left, it was 40 right. below. Yeah, exactly. Right. 40 below and nine feet of snow. Um so I was like, uh, yeah, this is cool. I can, I like this place. And while I was here, I just went driving everywhere. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, I went in, did my interview and stuff like that. It's but exactly the same thing I did. Is yeah. it really? Oh yeah, yeah. No, when they brought me in, I'm like, can I get a rental car? Yeah. yeah. I'll do all the interviews you want, but then we're on walkabout. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had like some sort of, uh, I don't know. It was Lincoln something that definitely I took in places I shouldn't have. Oh, they got me a truck. They knew what I was going to do. <laughs> I don't think they knew what they were getting into with me. I, uh, there's a few places I got into and I was like, Ooh. Ooh, I hope, <laughs> right. hope I, so hope I get he, out. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. man, there's, I hope I get out. Um, and I did. And, uh, so yeah, I went home and I was like, yeah, I'm, that's it. I'm moving, I'm moving out there. Um, packed it up and I was here like five months later. It's crazy. And what, when was that? What year? 2016. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We moved here the same year. Did we really? Yeah. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure we're related. Somehow. November of 16 was when I, was, I got here. May, May 16 is when I got here. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and only you know what? By a few months. Yeah. Right. And you know, what's crazy is, is that first summer. Um, was very much like this summer. I feel like weather-wise, like it—that's what got me. It was—it was a beautiful summer, um, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been a lot, and we're at a high altitude. So, so uh, what did you notice about the food differences culturally? Obviously, uh, you, you grew up in the south. Um, it's it's night and day different here. So, so what was the what stuck uh, stuck out to you at first? Uh, yeah. Um, I've used the term food desert quite mm -hmm. a bit. I'm not the only person that uses the term food desert. Um, there are some really good restaurants here, but there's not many. It's there, not a food culture. There's not a regional flavor. Right. That's yes. the thing about Montana. There isn't like a – in the southeast, Memphis, uh, the Carolinas have their thing. Texas has got their thing. Uh, even the Rust Belt. Yep. Like they've got their, their things. Yeah. Um, you know, the only cultural stuff I can find here is the same stuff I find in northern Michigan, like pasties. Yeah. And that's more of like a, a – finlander swedish mining yep. sort of a thing because it was food that you could make at five in the morning and it was still warm at noon there, there's <laughs> yeah. some weird yeah. um city signature items because i've lived in uh, several different of the of the major what i call major cities in montana um for some weird reason in missoula there's a big deal over there there's they call them matadors they're a big breakfast burrito it's a multiple places across the city you can find them on menus almost anywhere <laughs> which is a weird signature item there in great falls it's indian tacos indian tacos are big in a lot of places if there's an if there's a bar they'll have an indian taco special one day a week or something like that that's one of their big deals there and so it's some of these places have but but overall as a state i mean we say we're a beef state but there's not a signature yeah. you know the, yeah beef is not a dish right like, that's not a signature no i was expecting texas-ish yeah levels too. of like yeah. slaughtered cows just yeah. everywhere you look in, in every form burgers and steaks and briskets and ribs and all the things and i was i was a little bit surprised when i got here because even nebraska i lived in omaha steaks yeah St like the some of the best everywhere. you'll get anywhere and they're yeah you can't escape them the, you yeah. can't swing a dead cat without landing on a porterhouse <laughs> so um but that that's not the case here no it's not it that was yeah that was shocking to me too um you know i i Coming from the south, I have this, you know, I had this uh, vision of Montana. Same thing. It was, you know, everything was going to be a cattle ranch and everything was mm -hmm. going to be, 
you know, there's going to be so much just, I could go get a, a tomahawk ribeye right. on a street corner. Cast you know? iron over yeah. an open fire. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, um, and and the more I, like, got out of, you know, when I when I first moved here, I, I mean, I you know, at Carroll, it, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's it, they're open all day long. So we, we had some really long hours. And when I finally started to get out of that, you know, get out of that kitchen um, and just go around and, and check things out, I was... I was kind of shocked at, at the amount of um, fast food. Uh, we have, you know, we have more right. fast food here um, than than anything, uh, I think. And uh, I don't know what that reason is, um, but yeah, I was expecting a lot, a lot more. Well, um, and in our day jobs uh, for the Montana Radio Company, anytime we have a conversation on the air about food joints and what people want, it's always franchises. Yeah. It's Olive Garden. Yes. It's yep. all of the big national chains that, you know, Chick-fil-A. Yep. You know, they want all these things that you can get that are the same anywhere. And my kids have lived here long enough now to when we're out of town, they see an Olive Garden. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, get, a, get back in the car. Yeah, shut up. We're not doing the breadstick thing. The, like, the one thing we keep finding, though, is that we have here, which is, and I know it's relative to other places as well, but is, is the burger the burger market here. We could do a post on our on our Facebook page and say, was where's the best burger in the state? And we'll get a hundred different mentions yep. of places and, all over the and place. 50 different fights. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. half those entries are going to be like, you're out of your damn yeah, That's mind, the worst thing idiot. I've ever had. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that place sucks. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, Just the simple burger seems to be big because you can have it at a restaurant, you can have it at a bar and grill, you can have it at a small town bar, and, they, and they're all different and people have their choices. Yeah. And I, and I think in general, too, I, I've seen studies where, like, I think the burger, the, the hamburger is the number one um, preferred choice of, of food in America. Um, I get that. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, it's, I love a good burger, but, um, yeah, it, it, I noticed that. Uh, but the thing is though, you know, it's, it's, it, it's good, but I was also shocked at the amount of beef that we export, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, why wouldn't we? But, but I can't find some good beef plate ribs, you know, at the store. Like I said, I, I thought I could, go to the street corner and buy one you know right right i mean you go to you go to louisiana and there's uh there's 50 people lined up on the side of the road with with crawdads you know they got crawfish for sale right um i thought it, i kind of thought that's the way it was going to be with with beef it's getting um, a little more that way because of the market what's happened with the uh the processing of beef lately and with the especially when the pandemic hit a lot of the ranches you can buy direct now yeah which you didn't used to be able to do quite so much yeah i've seen that um i've seen that for us you know the we got it we have to have the usda thing and all that stuff and the fda and all that but uh yeah i've seen that a lot i've seen that advertised a lot so and um, what's happened with it since you moved here you, you see a there, there's a trajectory going on with food everywhere yeah uh, but this is a prime place to have it simply because as you said it's a little bit sparse uh, for what's out there it is it is and it's it's um you know you know the cool thing down at helens that i've noticed one of you know one of the really cool things is there's a lot of people that i guess barbecue just turned into brisket and mac and cheese like around the world right that's what you, everybody right. just assumes it's brisket mac and cheese and, and it's not at where i grew up it's all jersey cows so we have no there was no brisket like you did not if you walked into woody's barbecue when i was growing up and you said hey i'll have brisket and mac and cheese he would have been like what you want <laughs> what why do you want that you know i mean it, it's it's more like you know that's hence the pork and and all that stuff right. pork chicken turkey for us um so it's it's cool to see people that come in and they they try to order brisket and mac and cheese, but then when you explain it to them here, they're like, "Oh, cool, that makes sense." So it's, you know, it's not like a it's you know, I mean, there's a lot. Of, Montana's a huge state. Um, there's a lot of people that may have never left Montana. I mean, there's probably people that I know that have never left Helena. Mm -hmm. um, same thing at home. Half of the people in this room. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey. Um, hey. <laughs> he's been. He's. He's gotten all the way from Billings to Great Falls. That's true. That's and a, back. That's a hike. I've done that once. That's. I don't want to do that. Um, Every time I name a town that I camp in, he's like, I've never even heard. Way of different cultures, by the way. That's like a trip to Myrtle Beach for me. So I mean, right. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so it's cool to. I, I don't want to say educate people, but just for people to learn the differences and and barbecue and stuff like that. So talk to me about that because you, you mentioned, you know, living in a food desert is one thing. If you're just cooking for yourself and your family like I do, you know, yeah. like, you know, I hit I hit the family earlier this week. I smoked a meatloaf. Nice. Just because. I'm so like, good. I wonder if this works. And my kids know enough because I've done that to them before where I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this on the smoker and we'll see. And they're like, yeah, and then it sucked. And they're like, <laughs> oh, God, why can't you just cook like a normal person? Um, but it's different when it's just me. If you're trying to you know, in your case, run a restaurant, 
um, in a place that doesn't necessarily have an established cultural flavor. And then on top of that, you're bringing in something from another part of the world yeah. where there is no, there's, there's no established baseline. Like if I open an imitation olive garden with <laughs> salad and breadsticks, people are going to be, they're at least going to have a baseline. Right. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, these breadsticks are better or worse. The salad's better or worse. And then that's it. Cause that's all anybody eats that stupid place. But, um, <laughs> But you're coming in with something that nobody's got an established relationship with. Yeah. It, with this, I mean, and how do you even describe your barbecue? What would you? So it's, you know, so I would say Texas or Tennessee, North Carolina style. Like okay. It, it, you know, we, I was. It's I grew really up, specific. It is. It is. I grew up six miles from the North Carolina border, um, six to 10 miles, somewhere around there. So the barbecue at home, um, which I mentioned Woody's barbecue, which is kind of funny. Speaking of Montana, um, you know, Woody would come hunting out here um when i was growing up like i you know we used to go there when i was a little kid my dad knew him um and then i remember he got shut down because he would uh bring back whatever he shot and put it in the barbecue it was delicious <laughs> i mean you know uh so i, I do remember uh, you know my dad being like well we can't go to woody's today because he uh had some bear in there from montana i was like ah well that was delicious you know so um you know it, it, that was pretty funny but um you know it, in in elizabeth and where i grew up We've got like, we had like Woody's, we have, um, you know, like the firehouse, you have, um, Ridgewood barbecue, which is kind of our, like, that's our barbecue staple. They've been there God, since the sixties. Um, you know, they're, they've never written down the recipe for their sauce, you know, they, they, but they do a different style than we do. They, they put a lot of, a lot of work into it. Um, as far as after the it's smoked, so they'll smoke a ham and then they will chill it. They'll slice it and they heat it back up on the on the flat top with sauce hmm. and then obviously get slaw um everything gets slaw uh yeah that is I mean, y'all hate cabbage you just put cabbage oh, yeah. to death God, by yeah. the truckload so good it goes so on everything delicious. oh yeah i tell put people cabbage on your ice cream oh in that yeah part of the i mean world. i'll make cabbage ice cream that sounds like a good idea we'll make that <laughs> later on um i mean i tell people at the restaurant and, and my cashiers now will if somebody orders a, a pulled pork without slaw it's like well somewhere a puppy's getting punched in the face um sorry you don't I mean, know it, it how big a rule you just yeah broke. yeah it is but what it is whatever the opposite of a bell ringing giving an angel its wings it's that it's that yes, you just put exactly. horns on a demon you did you did absolutely um you know and then begrudgingly i'll put it on the side or just right. not even give it to in them. a different cup yeah yeah right it's just like ah. so in those regions do you have to follow the rules in order to be successful or is it becoming uh, you know texas barbecue is different than kansas city barbecue which is different than where you came from right yeah. so are or are there now places like oh those people will love some texas barbecue because there's none around yep from what i've heard uh from what my friends have told me is yes brisket is moving in like it it's it's moved everywhere you know i mean it it's left texas you know i mean i'm not going to eat a brisket right. like I like brisket, but I'm not going to eat brisket anywhere but Texas. Sorry. I mean, if I'm going to go get a steak, I'm going to get a ribeye. You know, I that's mean, some that's, barbecue principles that's, going on right that's, there. Right. That's kind of the way yeah, I think scruples. about. Yeah, that's kind of the way well, I. Well, you don't about order it. sauce on ribs when you're in Memphis. No, that's not what they do. No, you know, you do not. Um, you know, and that's just it. Like we don't put sauce on our on our pork um, at home. They do. You know, like I said, they'll they'll do it on the flat top. They'll hit it with their sauce, and and that's it. Um, we do more lexington is chopped like they'll smoke their butts they usually do a whole hog um i would love to do whole hog you know and just it, we just don't have the the room that's the, an ordeal or, yeah i mean it is um and, and eventually kind of my my plan is to be able to do whole hog on sundays or saturdays um obviously i gotta stay there overnight and uh and yeah you gotta start it on stuff. tuesday oh, yeah. i do i do yeah and, have dinner and by fine. sunday <laughs> you know and that, but it's worth it you know i mean it's it's totally worth it um i gotta find something to do with the dog uh i'll bring him over there um <laughs> uh, maybe get him to help but um yeah i mean it's you know lexington is is more of a chopped um you know you've got eastern carolina which is the vinegar based sauce uh south carolina's mustard based you know i mean yeah. it's it is it's and it just depends like like where, we where do you about, fall on that one? Because I have a very definite opinion. Ooh, I, NC versus SC. Ooh, well, so North Carolina. I'm. Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I, I got to go ketchup base because it's what I grew up with. It's it's Ridgewood. That's what they made. Um, I love South Carolina too, um, but I will my pulled pork. I will put both North Carolina and our Tennessee sauce on it. Okay. So I so you get the vinegar, you get the pepper. Yeah, that North Carolina also, vinegar base is my jam. Yeah, that, it's that's good. Just my favorite. It is good. You just mm -hmm. dump I mean, that, you dump that on a smoked pork shoulder and Oh yeah. And that's the one because when when I cook for people, no, I'm not a sample anywhere near as big as yours. I'll do if I do two shoulders, I'll do one of each. I'll do one with a traditional barbecue nice. sauce with the sweet sugary 
you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I'll do one in the Carolina style that most people haven't had. Again, right. Montana, they're not eating that kind of food. That one's always gone by the end of the afternoon. Yeah. And we have leftover of the barbecue. Yep. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I kind of went back and forth on when we were open the restaurant. I was like, you know, do I just go straight up and put, you know, Carolina barbecue on it? Do I go ahead and hit it with the vinegar and the pepper? Or um, buy a barrel of Sweet Baby Ray's and just call it good. <laughs> no, no, I do like Sweet Baby Ray's, but no, no, um, I have not bought that in a long time. Um, buy it in a depth charge size. <laughs> just an hook a hose drum. to the wall. A lot, of, a lot of this stuff just opens your eyes about stuff because the first time I ever went in South, and I have been to the South there once. Well, wait a minute. Uh, Hold on. Are we talking one, about one location? Arizona is no, not the South. No, no, no. Nashville one time. Was, no, okay. I've been to Memphis. I was in Memphis, Memphis like 13 years in a row. Uh, and I, I used to tell people, I don't like ribs. I don't like them. And the people say, why well, I don't like ribs? And I was like, I don't like the sticky sauce. I don't like the stuff all over. I don't like to eat them. And I went to Memphis and they said, you have to go to rendezvous and you have to have these ribs in this place. that's in an alley that has a sign that's about a foot, you know, it's just, you have to know it's there. And, uh, and so I go there and they were like, you have to have ribs. And I was like, all right i'll have some ribs and it was life-changing mm -hmm. life-changing it just uh, from from that point forward i was i never looked at it the same way because i found the style that i like and that's something about all these different styles all these different sauces you're talking about with barbecue it can be night and day different from one to the next mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's barbecue is not it's not one thing that's that's the thing. I mean, well, it's not static. It's not. It, Even it if changes. it is one thing, yeah, it changes. It's, it's constantly mm -hmm. changing. It's constantly, you know, you can come up with something new anytime you want. I mean, barbecue is, it's definitely not grilling. There's a difference between grilling and barbecue. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, some people we didn't do used to know that in Montana. I was going to say, I some, lived here when uh, nobody knew that. Yeah, I, I, and I've been told that. Uh, you know, I um, hate that, but that's one of those things. Like everybody's got their stupid pet peeve. You get invited to a barbecue, yeah, and they're making burgers and dogs. It's and like, grill down with this yep that is not that's yeah. grilling yeah we're, we've we're, had a grill yay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, cool. i had my mouth all set for something totally different you cook for 15 yeah. minutes yeah thanks you appreciate know. that and they and there was a flame 72 feet tall <laughs> yeah, exactly and, uh, yeah um, it tastes yeah. like charcoal lighter <laughs> yeah, exactly. no but that is that that's one of those things that as the you know and I, and I think you're a unique person to talk about this as the barbecue thing as a pop culture yeah. phenomenon has blown up you know, um, you're a, sh a classically trained chef with a lot of experience around the world, trying to put your own, your own Eric Sunquist signature on barbecue, and then you watch the barbecue shows. Yeah, I watch them all. Yeah, I can't get enough of. My son watches them with me. Yeah. Um, but most of it you find out after the fact. It's like the the Alaska re uh, real estate shows, where they're like <laughs> buying Alaska. And then I went to Alaska, and they're like, no, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Uh, they hire actors or they hire locals to yeah. look at houses that aren't even for sale. Yeah, they those just, houses don't exist. No, they're, yeah. they're not even a real thing. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. And then you find out like the barbecue guys are interviewed after they were on the Food Network or, or whatever, Nat Geo. Or, and they're like, no, that's all horseshit. Yeah, um, yeah, we no, don't do any of, of those things. That's yeah, none not, of that exists. None of that's real. Yeah, yeah. And none I'm of like, that. oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't uh, – you know, the Food Network, um, I've had a lot of funny – things happen just from when when the food network started like i you know i started cooking in 92 is unfortunately when i started at taco bell and then after that you know it was just all downhill from there uh, but uh you know i mean i've been cooking for 25 plus years so i've seen the evolution of like the food network and how it's changed right. diners mm -hmm. um i remember one time we had a uh, I, I was working in an open kitchen i was a chef there and uh i heard we had a we had a chef's table so it was right in front of the kitchen. So, you know, you could come sit and you could watch us cook and, you know, you kind of, you could sort of interact with us if we weren't just totally busy. Um, so I heard this guy one time ask about, um, you know, what kind of crab do you guys use in your crab cakes? You know, mm -hmm. it was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Ray told him something about crab on, on, right. on the food network. And here we go. Here we go with this. So I heard him say that. Now I'm not going to give him the secret that, you know, every restaurant uses just basically jumbo lump crab or whatever. You know, right. It's not like, mm -hmm. so I was like, uh, oh, okay. Go tell him we use peaky toe crab. Well, at the time, <laughs> peaky toe crab was like $97 a pound. It was crazy. Um, so I see our server go back out and he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's peaky toe. And the guy goes, oh, ugh. If it's not Maryland Blues, then I it's just not worth it. And I was like, "Yeah, thanks, Rachel Ray. I appreciate that." Um, you know, so I mean, it's 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 weird. It's it's crazy to see that, like how how it's changed the perception of 
cooking and professionally cooking and things like that. Let me ask you another thing. Yeah. Where, uh, where do you fall on pellet grills? So, so um, I did not want to deal with a pellet grill uh, when I moved out here. Unfortunately, it is the most affordable thing. Right. So that's what we have okay. as a pellet smoker. But they work really well. They do. I get they, really pissed when I see somebody who uses one and they keep fixing it with their phone yeah, while no, we're on a boat. No, no. And that's, they're just like changing the temperature. I'm like, no, you're supposed to sit there and sweat and yes, screw everything up and yeah, then ruin yeah. your whole day and swear in front of your kids. Yes. Like this isn't real barbecue. No. And, and I agree. Like I, I felt that way too. Like, so I, you know, the smoker that we used for NASCAR, um, it was a thousand pound. I could I could get a thousand to fifteen hundred pounds of meat in that big rotisserie. <laughs> Half a ton. Oh, it was a trailer. It was on a trailer, and oh, I mean, I, I would. It. it was a mate. It was awesome. Um, it was a big offset, big square rotisserie, and um, I would just uh, deforesting huge chunks of the oh, Midwest. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, all hickory, straight hickory, <laughs> right. always hickory. Um, so I would actually spend the night there um, when we were smoking all our meats and stuff. So uh, Tom Johnson was the guy that gave campers to all the. All the uh, the NASCAR guys, you know. So he he had a camper over there, and we would just stay, and I would spend the night and just keep loading the smoker, and that's awesome. Like I love that part of it. Um, the older I get, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can do that five nights mm-hmm. a week. I'm you know? Set this at two twenty five and go <laughs> yeah, to bed. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But you know, I mean, when we opened Helen's, um, you know, I opened that thing basically with what I had in my checking account. You know, I mean, I obviously I got a loan for the building and stuff like that, but I don't have any investors or anything. So, um. You know, once I got into it and I was like, man, the smoker we had ordered was six months out um, and all that stuff. Well, because like, you tried to open during the mess, right? We did. We did. You I, were opening yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. Again, you know, chef for a long time, not very smart. Supply, you know? yeah, su- yeah. supply chain issues being what they are. Everything was back ordered yes. six months. Everything yes. from Q-tips to <laughs> sedans. To anything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. So so when we got in there, I was like, oh, man, you know, I got to I got to find something to get us open. Um, so that's the that's the smoker we use now. Um it's you know it works great uh we do have our issues with it um we're we're working on um getting a another one like maybe an old hickory or a southern pride or something like that that we can get you know we can get a little more uh volume out of um we can go into maybe doing some catering stuff like that right so, right but yeah so i mean i've converted um begrudgingly i'm fighting it yeah, yeah. i'm fighting it now now i cook for four I don't people you. at a time right and i just can't I mean, I get mad. I get mad, and all my friends have them. Yeah, I know it's, it's way easier. It's worse when you taste them and it's good. It's so I much. Mean, easier. And yeah, it, no, it's, that's true. That's I mean, true. and that's just it. I, I tell people all the time. They're like, "Well, what's the secret to smoking?" I'm like, uh, "Constant temperature. Yep. Good product. Start with good meat, and then you just need something that's going to hold a temperature for a long time. Yeah, yeah, Lo- and then, longer than you think. And if you're maintaining a fire under that, it's a hell of a lot of work." It is. It is. <laughs> it's but it's a, but it's worth it though. Like it's you feel it is until more you screw it up. It is. Oh, there's until, nothing yeah. worse than 13 hours later you let that thing rest and it still tastes like a shoe. That's yeah. Uh, I've been there. I've been down that road. I've been down that oh, road God, more than once. Literally, that might make me as angry. Like I've never. I stopped playing golf six years ago. Yeah. Like so, that's now replaced that as far as the thing that will just send me into a sideways rage quicker than anything is like screwing up a couple of racks of ribs. I'm like, that's it. I'll never I'm cook ruining again. days for anyone I can see. Anybody in here? I'm looking up names on my phone, just trying to call somebody so I can ruin their day. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been, I've been down that road, man. Uh, you know, we if we have an issue at work, I'm just like, yep, that's it. I'm I'm done. Yeah, how I'm do you gonna, manage that? That's it. Yeah, um, you because know, you're cooking. Th- you can't just just because you're serving the public doesn't mean that you can skip the time it takes to get there. Right. Yeah. And, and if something goes wrong, it's money down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Um, and we've had we've had issues out there, you know. I mean, it's I don't know if East Helena has a has a power issue or what, but uh, you know, we've had times where I've come in and power kicked off in the night, and oh. yeah, you can't. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you obviously can't serve that product now, right. so you just got to toss it. Oh, and and then we have to close because I can't whip up a a pork butt in two hours. You know, I mean, I can probably not very good. Yes, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, maybe we can shred it and Slices. do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you blend it, make yeah. it a smoothie. Pork steaks that day, <laughs> um, which pork steaks are a big thing at home. But you know, I mean, that's not my thing. But uh, yeah, so it's um, you know, I mean, there, we've got our challenges. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I love, I love big offset smokers. Um, you know, there's just something cool about them. You know, you look at a big thousand gallon drum. And you got just nine hundred yeah. million tons of wood out back there behind it, and it's that's, just that's the other thing. If you're doing this in Montana, I had this conversation with with my wife because I would love I have a spot mm-hmm. picked out where I could have a much bigger offset than I do. I right. just have a little one, yeah. And 
I I can make do with a bag of wood chunks, right? You know, yeah. and some lump charcoal, and that, that's enough. Yeah. Now, if you get the big one, now you need a fire fire. You need logs. You need well, it's places full of lodgepole pine. Yeah, you uh, can't yeah. barbecue on that. That doesn't nope. taste good. But no, no I, you're gonna have a you're gonna have pork shoulder taste like a baseball bat. Yeah, you don't exactly. Want that. Yeah, no. I and that's the other thing too is trying to find hickory because um, hickory is what I grew up with. That's right. that's that's traditional. Um, so we we have a uh, an offset smoker that a friend of ours was building, and uh, it dawned on me halfway through. I was like, hey man, I started looking <laughs> to try to find right. like pallets of. Good luck. Of hickory. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't afford that. We're gonna, mm-hmm. I mean, I can buy one pallet of hickory and we'll never be able to open again. Sure. Right. And you it's got to be airlifted in from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was the thing, too. I was like, man, okay. Um, so, you know, the, the other ones we're looking at, uh, you know, they're a little more efficient. There are some, uh, like, Deep South smokers are just this incredible charcoal gravity feed um, lump charcoal smoker. No moving parts. It's you know you can load that thing and, and twenty hours later you're still you're still holding temperature. Um, so so we've looked at that. You know I mean because right. I, I want I want to get it back. I would like I said I'd love to build a pit out back and just do old school pit and just cover it up with a piece of aluminum foil and uh, or a, a big piece of tin from somebody's you're bringing right. the coyotes. Right. Yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> and <exactly>. bears <laughs> yeah yeah everything's coming with at all that the, point. With all those challenges and everything you know and I've seen this uh, on Food Network and with with chefs who go to a particular location and they will work with whatever's local yeah uh, but you're also bringing something regional here how much different would your product be if you were back home as opposed to what you've got here as are there are there have you like like with all the variables you've got the wood variable you've got the seasonings variable you get the meat variable all those things you have to find a signature that's your own yes uh, and, and how have you done that here that might be a little bit different than what you originally had in mind so so the big thing is the wood another thing is you know there i guess the the easiest way to describe it for helena um maybe it's a montana thing i don't know um food culture um i guess culinary culture is a, is a hard thing to find here um because there aren't a ton of restaurants it's not like everybody in helena knows somebody or grew up working in a restaurant mm-hmm. like it is at home like at home everybody started in it's a everybody's restaurant. first job yeah everybody including first the job. guy that's doing your taxes yeah like, exactly at some point he was right. a line cook yeah he was a line cook he was a dishwasher he did something in a restaurant because there are so many um you know and it's it's in and it's always somebody's grandma or somebody like that that owns it so hey i'm gonna give you a job that's sure you know you go from hay and tobacco you know putting that stuff up on trailers to working in a restaurant um and here there's not a ton of restaurants so there's not a lot of people that go to like experience that so trying to find cooks as well mm. you know is, is kind of a tough one um for me i'm i'm pretty pretty hard on cooks i'm pretty specific on things and uh and it's hard to to get that to try to build that culture into somebody if they don't really have the passion for food. Have you branched out from food service ever, or were you yeah. just? I mean, since you kind of started along the way. Yeah, yeah. Because that is something, and this is it's it's hard to explain to somebody who's never worked in a restaurant. The way that people communicate is amongst the most deplorable, awful, horrible human communication ever. 100%. And it is really difficult to enter a polite workplace after you've been in, on a cooking line where people are calling each other. The I, I won't even say it on this podcast. Like, right? This is the most horrible things. I'm thinking them all and, right now. And by the way, everybody in the kitchen is having sex with everybody in the front. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. Like every restaurant I've ever been in. 100%. I've, I've worked at Italian places and Mexican places and country clubs. It's always the same. Yep. And so then when you try to translate that to the real world, you feel like someone that was just rescued from a mountain that's been living like a savage for six months. And you're like... I can't exist in this world. That's that's true. I say I'm broken. That. I tell people I'm feral all the time. Yes, I'm just like I'm yes. a feral human being uh, because I <laughs> free range American. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have gone out to do other things, but the other thing is I did like I was still working in the kitchen, so I never actually stopped working in the kitchen. But I had other jobs. Like uh, yeah. you know, I, I I was an EMT, um, volunteer EMT in South Carolina for a while. Well, you can still it's it's still a pretty we can't you know, dog cuss out yeah. patients like you can a line no, cook. No, you cannot. I mean, you can, but uh, it's probably not. <laughs> it's, it's frowned upon. They're going to talk to somebody yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a report <laughs> filled out uh, versus, you know, I mean, I've, man, I've seen things. The kitchen I worked at in Charleston, it was intense. Like my chef yeah. was, um, we, you know, we were. They're uh, mean. 
They're so was. mean. Yeah, he was. He was like the Gordon Ramsay thing. Yeah, that's real. That's yeah. He's he's that frustrated. Like, yeah, yeah. And Wolfgang Puck is not a nice guy. No, no, no. no he's all. not. Emerald, and, big jolly Emerald. Yeah. No, no, huh? no, sir. Go ahead, screw up a sauce. Yep, exactly. One time. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. says things about your mom. It's oh. bad. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me, everybody. I'm an idiot sandwich. That's everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jeff just keeps coming to mind, and that's and that's a nice way to put it. You know, yeah. that's 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 TV friendly. Yeah. They uh, left out all the f bombs. Yeah, yeah. On what I mean, kind of sandwich? Oh, dude. Every other word. Usually, <laughs> oh, it's bad. Every other word's a. My, I use f bombs as commas. Like that's that's just yes. the way it is. Um, oh, it's a noun, verb, and adjective all is. in the same sentence. It is. Um, and and you know, there's a TV show that I've been telling everybody to watch. Uh, it's called The Bear on Hulu. Um, if you want to see what it's like to work in a kitchen, it's a little exaggerated, but it's it's about a guy who was the uh, a chef de cuisine at the best restaurant in America, and he goes back to run a sandwich shop. Um, that his brother leaves him when he passes away and it is it it, it gave me flashbacks like there's parts right. in there where i'm just like whoa like ptsd type flashbacks <laughs> i'm just good, like yes. not the good kind. no 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 um i was just like oh my god yeah i remember that i remember getting yelled at and talked to like that oh uh, boy do i remember getting screamed at oh yeah yeah and uh you know it's funny that's the other thing too is nowadays i don't know i don't know how people can function um you you have to be a certain type of person to work in a kitchen you can't be sensitive really sensitive oh. and and i've run into that over the past six years i've run into people that are super sensitive right. in the kitchen and you know as soon as i say something all of a sudden you know they're going to tell somebody and i'm just like oh that's just normal what you think that's bad <laughs> that wasn't bad <laughs> wait, yeah. to, wait till that person's not here i anymore. wasn't even yeah. mad yeah right i was i was just <laughs> telling you right. to go you know hey go take a break you know right. i mean it's like um so yeah like the the that that's the part about um working in kitchens that i think everybody should do because it, it does give you a little bit thicker skin it teaches you the intensity yeah it, it's teaches, it gives you some the charts oh man it's crazy it's i mean i was standing on the line one time and a knife went flying by my head he wasn't throwing it at me right uh but it was our our old executive chef he threw it and it stuck in the wall and um i was making desserts and i was just like oh, cool man you know, I mean, you just kind of go right back Carry to on. it. No, yeah, my, my that high, wasn't at me. So. My high school kitchen job at Fajitas, yeah. Mex Mexican restaurant, was the first time I realized that my dad wasn't the only adult that would just randomly scream <laughs> at people that he didn't necessarily even know. Because like, every now and again, Bob, the manager's name was Bob. I remember this from when I was 16. He would have to get behind the line when it got really busy on a Friday or Saturday night. Right. And he was the one that's always like, all right, everybody, get along. You know, the only difference between, you know, ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra da, 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 you know the whole thing but then he got behind the line and he's calling these you know the the servers just dog cussing them out and we've got like a little flimsy plastic door <laughs> you're out there waiting for your steak you can hear this going on oh it's yeah like wrestlemania in the kitchen and he would just he was like five foot seven and he would just let people have it that's all awesome. and i'm just sitting there running the fryer like man i'm glad it's not me right yeah it's just not just me keep trying. just, just keep gonna trying. keep doing these mushrooms and not burn them that's my whole life right now <laughs> not screwing up these stupid mushrooms yeah oh. it's an amazing all while just like pressure cooker yeah and, and all that is going on while iron maiden is playing as loud yes. as it can be on a radio yes and there's just you can't 100%. even hear like what the server across the line said yes. and when they try to talk to you you just turn it up even more because yep. you're like yeah i don't i don't really care what you and the said. server's world is just the movie waiting so is yes. you know, that is just a uh, bunch of so true that, and that was actually filmed in yeah. an old bennigan's yeah because i when i watched that i was like oh god i know that walk-in wait yeah. that's, is that my bennigan's that i worked at you know it's it's weird man. underappreciated movie by the way oh yeah. so underappreciated yeah <laughs> i love uh, that one yeah that and uh you know, like obviously Tony Bourdain wrote a book called Kitchen Confidential. Yep. That's that thing's like my Bible. I've read it probably seven times. I mean, I have it on audiobook. I listen to it. You know, I mean, that thing exposed kitchen life. Um, up to that point, it was very, it was kind of hidden. You know, it was kind of yeah. secret. It was kind of, you know, the secret behind the door. Well, and, and, and how do you, and I guess we can kind of wrap on this is, you know, the amazing thing for me, the one time I worked for an actual chef like an, a chef chef and his wife was a pastry chef they were both cia wow you know yeah and it was a it was the country club in grand oh, yeah. rapids michigan everything was very fancy had to be just so and it's the only time i ever worked in that environment but i was shocked to find out he's just a dude yeah oh yeah because i think chef immediately you should have an accent you <laughs> should have some oh. yeah you should have some kind of fancy backstory probably a tennis you know history as a child very fancy in my yeah. head it's very fancy i'm a i'm a white trash kid from a dirt road yeah on, you know 
in this little farmhouse. So I imagine chef like I imagine professor, you know. <laughs> right. And then you meet a chef and you're like, oh, you're just somebody who took this like super seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like you're doing the same thing I was doing. You just know all the French words for it. <laughs> you just studied a little bit more. That's well, exactly. All. Yeah, well, that's I, I think you can thank the Food Network for that because part of the things we see now is that you can you can see these chefs that you're talking about yeah. being regular dudes, and they can be anywhere from a burger joint to a barbecue joint to a food truck or places like a, a country club or a fine dining restaurant. You don't have to assume that the guys at the top, you know, you can walk to a food truck and see the same type of people, and I think we've became aware of that through this food culture now. And that's that's true. That's 100%. Like, food is food. If you like it, you like it. You know, I mean, we have people at work that they'll come in and they'll ask, you know, hey, what do I put on this? You know, uh, I'm like, I don't care. You know, as long as you enjoy it. Like, if you want to slather it in ketchup, that's fine, man. If that's what you like, that's what you like. Please don't do it in front of me. But, you know, because I'm just going to be like, oh, I might cry a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sob a little bit. But (laughs) my grandmother's Um, Canadian. She put ketchup on everything. Oh, man. Yeah. From from eggs to steaks, (laughs) like all of it. Oh, God. That's terrible. Uh, malt I didn't know my dad vinegar. was Canadian, but now I did. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah well, maybe, well, we're close. <laughs> we are close to Canada, so um, yeah. So I mean, that's just it. Like that's the whole thing is, is food is food, man. And you don't, you know, the difference I tell people between a chef and a cook is chefs do paperwork. You know, I mean, we may have done that's a little fair. bit more, but yeah, I mean, we do paperwork. Um, and and that's it. I mean, yeah, everybody loves food, and and everybody's different. Everybody likes their their own thing. So um, that's the cool part about it is. You can do whatever you want with where, food. Where can people find you on the uh, on the interwebs? On the old interwebs. Um, so we have helensbbq.com. That's our website. Okay. Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, begrudgingly, I'm not a huge fan of social media, so I will post things on there. But I do have it listed that it is an informational account only. So like a lot of people will try to leave us questions and comments i'd say just come on in say hi mm-hmm. i mean we're there i'd rather talk to somebody in person than, that's the montana know. coming out of you right there uh, yeah is that mm-hmm. what it is yeah, talk come on in, man. Man. yeah i mean that's the way it is at home you know come on in uh, like hang out come in i don't care right. stay in the kitchen talk to me it's fine i'm not gonna get mad at you um you know so um yeah so yeah we've got instagram we've got facebook uh helen's bbq cool we're, we'll put that all in the show links okay uh, down below so Sweet. people yeah. be able to click on that stuff yeah, yeah. right downtown east helena um you know we we did list it for sale the building is for sale because we had thought about so this shows the kiss continues no, no. to be the kiss of death no 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 um <laughs> no i was just i was fishing i was throwing it out there so that way if somebody says hey why is the you know right building for sale um i was like you know east east helen is a tough sell in the summer um i didn't realize that it was you know it's kind of very seasonal um but either way helen's barbecue is not going anywhere um uh you know i don't plan on leaving that location i mean it's it's, we've put a lot of work into it. It's a cool, mm-hmm. cool little spot. East Allen is a cool town. Uh, I really like the, the small town of it, you know. So, and everybody's been very supportive for us. So, well, man, it's been great. This, I was looking forward to this. It didn't disappoint. Thank you so much oh, for coming you. in. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it thank very you much. guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thank you. All right, that's Eric Sunquist. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to this stupid thing uh, wherever you find it, and uh, and then recommend it. And if you if you like what you heard, uh, make sure you five star it. And if you didn't like what you heard, lie. Uh, We'll be back next week.